BT Powerhouse podcast. As always, I am your host and site manager of BT Powerhouse, um, Thomas Bendit. We are back with our, I think, 76, uh, number 76 podcast, um, where we are continuing our season preview series and we're hitting on Penn State, which figures to be one of the more intriguing teams in this year's Big Ten, I would say. Um, but to help us break it down, we have uh, Chad from uh, Roar Lions Roar, um, which should be a lot of fun. Happy to have Chad back. He used to write for BT Powerhouse at one point. Um, looks like we're having a, a brief technical issue, but uh, Chad, how's it going? Hey, Thomas, I'm doing good. How are you doing? Doing well. Doing well. Excited to have you on. Excited to chat about Penn State. Um, how are things going over in Penn State country? Uh, they, they've rarely been better than this right now, I'd have to say. It's a pretty exciting time in, in Penn State basketball land. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, um, uh, why don't we jump right into it here? we got a lot to talk about, a lot going on with Penn State this year. Um, personally, um, you know, as I was saying a couple seconds ago, I think they're going to be one of, if not the most intriguing teams in the Big Ten this year. A lot to like talent. Um, but let, let's start with kind of some of the general feelings. Um, obviously, there's a lot of optimism uh, for Penn State basketball this year, at, at least more than, than normal, I would say. Uh, what, what are, what's some, kind of some of the general feelings coming into this year? Um, how high are expectations? And, and what's the excitement level like uh, for Nick? Uh, hello? Can you hear me? Hello. Chad, can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. I'm I'm good now. Oh, okay. Um <laughs> sorry about that. Uh did did you hear my last question? Sorry. No, can you repeat it please? Okay. Um so I was just kind of asking about general impressions and uh excitement level uh coming into the season. Um how does it compare to normal? Uh you know, I assume fans are more excited about this year than they have the last couple, you know, how much more excited are they? Uh, what, what, what's the general feeling coming into this year? Yeah, there's, there's a general sense of optimism. Um, you know, obviously they have the, the recruiting class coming in. Uh, it was uh, top 30 ish, you know, to be, um, you know, pessimistic on that front, but you know, there's, there's more talent on the roster I think than there's ever been under Pat Chambers and probably since the last years of the, of the Ed Bacellus era. So, um, yeah, I mean, people on, on campus seem to be more excited about this team. Um, I know the, the, the program itself is trying to, um, you know, they're, they're upping their marketing efforts and trying to get, you know, they have some behind-the-scenes looks going on with um, their unlocked video series that they have on Twitter. And, um, yeah, I mean, just, <laughs> there's a lot of good, good feelings around the program right now, and um, hopefully they can, you know, hopefully for their sake they can, they can parlay that into some – on the court results because that's what, what ultimately ultimately will get, you know, the, the fans to show up every day and um, just take them to that next level. So that's, that's really just the last step uh, for this program right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I definitely agree. At least from the outside perspective, it seems like a, a lot more excitement uh, than usual. Um, before, mm-hmm. before we sort of get into the, the X's and O's here of the preview, um, one thing I, I do like to hit on, you know, with some of the 
uh, I would say programs who haven't been as successful as recently. Um, Pat Chambers, uh, you know, depending on who you talk to, he doesn't have any job pressure. If you talk to some people, he needs a big year this year. Um, I, I know it's hard to, to put a pin on the whole hot seat debate here. Um, first off, do you think Pat Chambers is on the hot seat at all? Um, and, and if you do, uh, how, how good of a season does he need to sort of uh, keep off the, the haters, for lack of a better term? Well, he, he's certainly under pressure. This, you know, these next two years are big for him. Um, I, I don't think he's on the hot seat for this year. I don't think he's in, in any danger of losing his job after the season, mm-hmm. um, barring a complete, you know, Rutgers-like year. Um, <laughs> they, you know, they're such a young team. They have no seniors on the roster. Um, they have some redshirt juniors, but uh, even still, they're just such a young team, and they have, mm-hmm. you know, like they have more talent than they've had before. It's just a matter of gelling together and producing some results. Um, yeah, I, I just don't – you guys last contract extension after uh, two wins in the Big Ten tournament. Um, Sandy Barber, the athletic director, was in Indianapolis for that um, when they beat uh, Nebraska and Iowa and had a narrow defeat against Purdue two years ago with, uh, you know, DJ Nubo last year. And, and I think she saw that there's, you know, there's reason to be optimistic about Chambers and the way he coaches and – certainly the way he recruits because he's recruiting at a level that a program like Penn state should not be recruiting at right now. Um, so I, I, I don't think he's on the hot seat this year. I mean, um, depending expectations this year, I guess possibly NIT would be um, reasonable expectations, I think. Um, but within the next two years, he's probably going to have to make a serious push for the NCAA tournament to keep his job because otherwise it will be, you know, seven or eight years without any meaningful postseason. So uh, there's certainly yeah. pressure to build this year and to, you know, continue to, you know, look like a program that uh, that's recruiting the way they are. They should have results that back that up. So, um, yeah, not a ton of pressure, but it's building to the point where it, it's, you know, put up or shut up time very soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that that definitely seems like a a, a well put analysis of uh, of where Chambers is sitting uh, coming into this year. Uh, to not to backtrack a little bit here, but I like to start with um, you know where each team was last year because you know obviously uh, you know this year is going to spin off of you know what happened for better or worse last year. Um, Penn State they end up finishing sixteen and sixteen, seven and eleven in the Big Ten. Um, they get knocked out of the Big Ten tournament by Ohio State. Don't go to any other postseason. Um, what What were your biggest takeaways from last year? Um, if If you could kind of sum up last year in a in a Reader's Digest version here for our listeners, uh, what would be your takeaways from last year? The expectations weren't very high, and they exceeded those expectations. Um, you know, they had the four seniors uh, led by Brandon Taylor, who had a, a breakout year of sorts. He's playing professionally in Greece right now. Um, I don't think anybody saw him, uh, you know, earning a professional contract for a, a, you know, a high level team in Europe. Uh, but that's what he did. And he, and he really matured as a player in his senior year and allowed and really carried Penn state along with him. Um, you know, they knocked, they, they beat uh, a good Iowa team at the time. And obviously the, the outright big 10 champions champs in Indiana at home. Um, so, you know, they got the scouts that they, they didn't really get the last two years under chambers. Um, and, and, you know, they, they played reasonably well. They played reasonably, uh, decent to watch basketball, which isn't always the case with a school like Penn state. So, 
uh, all in all, expectations were were met and exceeded, um, and they got you know they got that first round by in the Big Ten tournament, which they have not gotten, uh, I don't think ever. Um, so that's that's certainly something that they can build on and use in recruiting to to show that there is tangible progress being made. Um, and yeah, it's just it was a a fine season. Just it was it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and and one great achievement for Penn State uh, for an improvement off of the year before. Uh, didn't lose to Rutgers, um, which they, they yeah. did in the, uh, what, 2014-15 season. So, um, you know, that, that, that's something to hang your hat on, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that loss was – I hate to dwell on that loss because it just brings back such bad memories. But the, the way they lost <laughs> that game, they just bricked three after three in the rack after you know, playing competitively Wisconsin – uh, like a couple of days before, or so and they had they had that twelve to one, twelve and one non-conference start, and every hope and dream was just flushed down the toilet in Piscataway that day. So, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. I appreciate that. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, you know, we we uh, we cater to everyone's horrible losses here on PT Powerhouse. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, as as we transition away from that season, which you know you call fine, I, I would definitely agree. It, it was just okay. Um, I didn't think, it, you know, there's anything great, anything terrible. Um, you know, they are, Penn State, you mentioned they are losing, you know, the four seniors, no, most notably, uh, you know, they're losing Brandon Taylor. You know, they're losing Dickinson, Dickerson, who had a relatively productive time uh, up front, and Jack. Uh, what, how do you think these offseason exits are going to impact Penn State? Uh, what are the biggest and most challenging guys to replace? Um, and how do you see the, those affecting this year's team? Well, certainly Brandon Taylor's leadership is going to be um, it's going to be tough to replace. He was he really carried the team on the, on his back last year. He was the emotional leader of the team. Um, but from a production standpoint, I think the, the biggest issue is just they just have such a lack of, of true big men on the roster right now. Um, so losing Jack and losing Dickerson, um, you know they were experienced. They were prone to fouls, uh, but the guys they have who are replacing them in the, in the front court, Julian Moore and, and Richard Fresher and Mike Watkins. Um, they're, they're pretty untested yet, uh, especially more for being a, a redshirt junior. Um, so he, they're going to have to really manage those minutes and manage their fouls well, pretty well because they just don't have any, any bodies behind them. Um, and of course, you know, losing Taylor scoring and, and inside out ability is, was key, but that, uh, what, what that does help with them with is, you know, this team is going to be, playing more up and down. They were a very slow-paced team last year. Um, looking on Ken Palm right now, they were um, looking at pace. Yeah, they were 260th in the nation and adjusted tempo. So I uh, expect that mm-hmm. to increase a lot because they have ball handlers and they have, you know, athletic wings that they didn't really have in the past. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's going to be a more stylistic change this year. Um, and replacing Taylor, like I said, it's going to be a big blow at the start of the year, but I, th- I think eventually they'll be able to find that scoring punch that he provided. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, You know, it, it, it's one of these things, you know, I, I said it, you know, I just we've just previewed Rutgers on our last uh, podcast here uh, for our season preview series, and uh, which, you know, definitely was a little tough to get through, I will admit, but uh, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, but, um, you know, one of the things I, I, I always say is, you know, coming into seasons, I, I think sometimes people overrate uh, returning contributions. And the, and the reason I believe that is because, you know, regardless of those recruiting rankings or, you know, how good the guy projects to the team, 
unless they've done it before, you never can be sure what you're getting. You know, with the returning guy, you always know what, you know, how many points he averaged, what his rebound numbers were. Um, so, I mean, you know, from a statistical perspective, you know, Taylor's a huge loss. Uh, you know, there's no getting around that. Losing Jack and Dickerson, you know, who basically manned most of the minutes at the five, you know, that's a big loss too. But at the same time, you know, this, this wasn't the, you know, what, 95, 96 Bulls here. You know, this was a 16 and 16 team. So, I mean, uh, it, it, on the one hand, you know, it's a, there's significant losses. On the other hand, you know, again, you, you're not losing Michael Jordan. So <laughs> these guys are possible to replace. Um, so that, that would be my, uh, my one note and thought on the, uh, the offseason losses here. But, um, but moving away on the, on the optimistic side here, uh, you know, four guys uh, moving, departing the program. But, you know, you mentioned the recruiting class a couple of times here. Uh, very highly rated. You know, I obviously, you know, the recruiting rankings only go back so far. But, you know, this is one of Penn State's better classes, certainly in recent history. Uh, arguably one of its better classes of all time. Uh, what do you make of this class? Um, and additionally, uh, how do you think uh, Samuel as well, um, the transfer is going to impact this team uh, coming into this year? Yeah, I'll start with Samuel. He's, you know, he's, uh, he was a member of the UConn team that won the national championship a couple of years ago. Um, he certainly brings that, that mental toughness and experience to the team that, you know, a team with no true seniors would really need. Um, he's going to help out a lot in that department. He needs to work on his jump shot a little bit. He only, I don't think he ever made a three-pointer at, at uh, UConn, which is a little concerning for a team that, for a Penn State team that just doesn't have many great three-point shooters outside of uh, Shep Garner. Um, but yeah, I think he'll he'll be a nice steady presence in the backcourt, good defender, uh, good ball handler, definitely give them some good minutes. Could even start to begin the year. Um, but the freshman class, uh, I mean, uh, just in terms of off the court. Uh, importance that they they provide um you know they're all there there are three philadelphia kids and one kid from another hotbed in the dmv from oak hill joe hampton um but carl stevens and bostic are, are three players from the same high school same aau program team final in philadelphia pat chambers has made a, a huge effort to uh, get into philadelphia and get the talent out of there because that's you know villanova syracuse have been and of course the rest of the big five have been hitting that area very hard for you know, they made a, a whole career off or a whole, you know, program. They built their programs off of that location, that recruiting that area. So uh, for Penn State to get in there and get in with, you know, such a prestigious program like Roman Catholic and team final, uh, it's only going to help them in the future. And, you know, on the court, I think Carr um, is, he could be given the keys to the car, if you will, pardon the pun, uh, from day one, because he's a very steady presence in the backcourt. His, his pacing is what, um, a lot of people will point to as his major strength. Um, so, you know, he knows when to push it. He knows when to slow the ball down. Um, and that he'll take some pressure off Shep Garner from, you know, he'll allow him to move off the ball perhaps and, and get some, you know, try to spot up for three more often where he, he's better off set shot where everybody's better off set shot, of course, as opposed to going off a dribble. So um, he's going to help Lamar Stevens bring his athleticism from the power forward spot. Um, he's kind of a three, four tweener right now. He needs to work on his outside game, but, um, I think with a little practice, he'll be able to, to, to play the three and maybe the stretch four for Penn State, especially with the, the dearth of big men they have in the roster. Um, and Nazir Bostic is also one in kind of that work-in-progress mode. He has the athleticism, and he'll definitely be a, a terror on defense from the, from the get-go. But 
Um, you know, his jump shot, uh, like like many high school players, needs some work from the from the you know to to see early minutes. Uh, Joe Hanson's coming off an ACL tear in his senior year. He didn't play at all for Oak Hill. Um, he'll need probably some time to recover. He's listed at 6'8", 290 on the roster right now, which is uh, maybe the football team can use him at left tackle. But, um, <laughs> you know, in the, in, the, in the meantime, they'll try to get him in shape. And um, a red shirt's not out of the question, but I think, you know, just, again, going back to the lack of big men on the roster, they're going to need – they're probably going to need him to play some minutes down there. Um, he can shoot the three pretty well, so he'll definitely bring – uh, an added dimension on offense in that Brandon Taylor mode, but uh, all in all, just um, you know the, the incoming class with Samuel and, and Mike Watkins too. I think it's worth he's worth talking about. He came in uh, really as more highly rated than Josh Reeves even uh, in that 2015 class, and he's um, he had to sit out last year with some academic issues. But it seems like he was you know there were some issues with him transferring high schools and some classes not carrying over. But uh, he seems to be good to go for this year. Um, the, co- the coaches rave about his intensity and his, his shot blocking ability and, and his passing out of the post, which will give you know a lot of a lot of teams fits for to you know to try to defend a big man who can pass and and also find his own bucket. So um, yeah, there's just a, ro- a lot of reasons for optimism with these young kids, but at the same time, you know you you need to you have to temper your expectation because they are so young and they are so you know there's no experience for for these guys for these new players. So. Just keeping a level head and watch and letting them get better and make mistakes. Uh, it you know it might be a rough start to the season, uh, but I think you know getting them solid minutes uh, throughout the year will just pay off big time and either at the end of this year or, or for next season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. I mean, you know, starting with uh, you know Samuel, uh, I agree. You know, I. I'm not, you, you really can't sit here and, you know, act like he's going to come off as, you know, big 10 player of the year or something, but it's a guy with experience on a team that's going to be really young. Uh, you know, he's been on a good team. Uh, and, you know, as you mentioned, the three point concern is shooting is going to be a concern, but, you know, if he can get in there and play some decent defense, uh, get to the hoop that, you know, that would be a nice boost uh, to the backcourt depth. Um, and then it, as far as the recruiting class goes, I, I agree, you know, Carr is obviously the guy to watch. Uh, he's going to be the guy who's getting all the attention, you know, certainly a contender for big 10 freshman of the year, the all big 10 freshman team. Um, it'll be interesting to watch. And, and, you know, I, I agree. I, I was going to mention Mike Watkins later on, um, but a hidden little, he's almost like an incoming recruit, even though he's been around for a year. Uh, so he, he's another guy uh, to watch, um, you know, as a new face uh, for this season on Penn state. Uh, but getting into the, you know, more of the lineup here on the team. Um, first off, what do you anticipate being the, the starting lineup on opening night? I know it's really hard to project with so many new guys here on the on the roster, uh, but what do you project as that? And um, uh, what, what position group do you sort of see as the strong suit? What, what do you see a, a, as the weak point on the team? Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be tough to, project because you know it's a question of does pat chambers want experience an opening night or um does he just go with the the probably the most talented lineup um but right now i would say i think i think tony Carr gets gets the point guard spot from day one i think he's just too talented to keep off the floor um chef garner again he's experience and three-point shooting and i think just because Carr is kind of a bigger point guard he can they can you know figure out which which guard they're going to each defend if, if, you know, Garner defends the one and, 
and Carr defends it too, I think that can work out in the backcourt. Uh, I think Josh Reeves is primed for a big year. He had mononucleosis last year that kind of limited him and his development, but he's got a full season under his belt. He's added nearly 20 pounds to his frame, so I think you know if, if he can improve his three-point shot, which was uh, pretty horrendous last year, but uh, if he can work on that a little bit and get up to <laughs> the 25% range would be nice even. Um, yeah. But, you know, just the, de- the the defensive specialty that he provides and, and everything like that, I think he's too – He's too important in this team to keep off the roster, off the starting five. I mean, um, Peyton Banks is the guy to watch out for. I think. I think he is. He's demonstrated uh, some leadership qualities early uh, this, this off season. You know, and some of those uh, clips that that the Penn State uh, the program has has given us the, the videos that he he's really taken the lead here and, and becoming a, a vocal leader on the team. So I think. Um, and, and he finished uh, – he was almost at 37% from three-point range in Big Ten play. So, uh, they're going to need his shooting. And, and, you know, like he's not a, a true power forward in any sense, but um, just he has the, the defensive capability and the rebounding ability to play uh, the four, I think. And then the five, it's it's a toss-up between Moore and Watkins. just a matter of uh, does, does Chambers want to rush Watkins into a starting role right away from day one. Uh, even though he has that year of experience under his belt, the year of, you know, the, the red shirt year under his belt. So mm. uh, it's just a, a stylistic, stylistic choice there. Um, but that's, that's my starting five. And that's, that's very subject to change because um, like, like I said, there's just a lot of depth on this team between Terrence Samuel, uh, Joe Hampton, um, Lamar Stevens is, is probably going to be too talented to keep off the, off the starting five for very long. So that, that, that will be a fluid situation, I think. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, it, it, you know, and and, that, and that's why I prefaced with it. I, you know, it, it's when you have this much youth, this much talent, this many new faces, it, it's really hard to get a get a gauge on it. But uh, you know, Payne Banks is an interesting, you know, guy. Uh, <laughs> um, not to get too off track here, but uh, you, you know, kind of as a, I don't want to say an unknown, but a guy who didn't get a ton of attention coming in, and he's. I don't want to say he's blossomed into a star or anything, but, you know, he was a solid player last year. And, you know, if he can take that next step, uh, that would certainly be, uh, um, be pretty, uh, pretty huge for the, uh, the team. Um, but, uh, why don't we just get into a a couple more points here real quick. Um, just dive in, you know, start with the schedule. Um, what what games pop out to you? Is there anything to watch here regarding the schedule uh, for Penn State this season? Um, obviously, you know the Duke game is is going to be exciting. Um, they're, obviously, they're playing at uh, Mohegan Sun in Connecticut, um, and they have win or lose, they're playing a, a what will likely be a ranked team um, in the next round, either Cincinnati or Rhode Island. But I mean, that's obviously exciting for a lot of Penn Staters just to be able to have the chance to knock off Duke with no no expectation that they're going to win. Um, so, obviously, that would, that would be a, a fun time for a lot of Penn Staters. Um, and, you know, I, I don't expect them to win. Nobody expects them to win. If they can knock off Cincinnati or Rhode Island, that would be uh, incredible. But I don't think anybody's uh, expecting that either right now, just just because it will be the, the fourth game of the year. Um, Grand Canyon is, is actually an intriguing opponent because they return a lot of good players. Um, and they had a, a really great season last year, and, and obviously Dan Marley, Dan Marley is the coach there, and that would be exciting. Um, and obviously, you know, the Pittsburgh game in, in Newark, uh, the Never Forget Tribute Classic in, oh, in Newark, wow. New Jersey. 
Um, that, you know, it's always fun to play Pitt, and hopefully they can get some revenge for what happened uh, <laughs> this past weekend again on the football field. Um, bring it up, and even, bring it up even St. John's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, we'll take whatever we can get. And, uh, and St. John's, I think, will be they'll, – they'll be an improved squad. Uh, they have a lot of uh, talent. Uh, I know Marcus Lovett, uh, Richard Freudenberg are, are players that are obviously uh, extremely talented, and it's just a matter of if, if you know, Chris Mullen can get them playing the same way or the way that they want to. And it's kind of a similar situation that Penn State's in because they just have a lot of unproven talent. So it's just a matter of who can get their team to gel more more quickly. So, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's – it's really a, a schedule of intent from Chambers that he wants to test his team early and, and see what they're made of. And, uh, you know, at, at the very worst, it will, it will prepare them for Big Ten play. All right. Um, two things I, I forgot to ask here on the roster uh, before we jumped into the schedule. Uh, starting with, you know, just two, two overall things on the schedule. Um, what, what do you see as a couple strengths in terms of uh, – you know, whether it's shooting or defense or rebounding, um, what do you see as a couple strengths and what do you see as a, a couple, you know, red flags for this team coming into this season? Shooting is a concern. It, it's been uh, not great to put it lightly since Chambers has been at Penn State. Um, I think they have shooting in, in Shep Garner and Peyton Banks, but outside of that, I really, it's tough to find. Uh, maybe Tony Carr can, can be that spark and, and Davis and Gulliff came in with the reputation of, being a three-point sniper out of high school, but he's he's struggled to earn minutes uh, in his freshman year. So uh, shooting is definitely a big concern. Um, and the other the other major worry I would have is foul trouble. Um, Penn State has been uh, one of the most yeah. foul-happy teams in the country um, for quite a while now. And, and just the, like, a, you know, I keep going back to the lack of big men, but it's so important when you have, when you're going against Big Ten big players, like, you know, it's just, I mean, every team has, has a capable big man. So they're going to need, um, you're going to need to keep these guys out of foul trouble. So that's, those are the two major concerns. Um, obviously they're, you know, the, the youth is, is an issue, but I think, you know, every team's young in college basketball to a certain extent. Um, we're yeah. talking about 18 to 23 year olds in, in most cases. So I don't think the maturity issue is going to be that big of a deal, but, um, but yeah, the shooting and the fouling are, uh, the shooting is, I don't know if that's correctable or if they can improve on that as much as they're going to need to, to, to make the dance this year. But, um, and the foul trouble, that's just a coaching issue. So I, I, I don't think they have, um, you know, I, I, Dickerson and Jack last year were, were pretty foul happy players. I think I need Ross, you put them on, but um, they're really going to st- have to stress, you know, keeping their big guys out of foul trouble this year to, to really, uh, challenge for you know uh, a postseason of any significance. Yeah, yeah, certainly. You know, I I started you know my Penn State preview last weekend, and uh, the following definitely jumped out. You know, and uh, I I think that's one of the things I, I was forgetting about over the off season. But uh, yeah, major concern. You know, maybe a, a few different guys up front will uh, will help things. I don't know. You know considering that they're probably going to be inexperienced guys, but uh, that, that's definitely something that pops out as a red flag, but uh, uh, okay. Uh, but uh, oh, sorry, uh, something just went off on my computer. Um, but uh, <laughs> issues, issues all around tonight. We're good. 
No, I was on Penn State's schedule, and, like, I got a lion roar, and I was just roar, like – roar, yeah, that uh, roar – yeah, I have to mute my computer every time I go on the big old PSU sports website. I don't know why they do that. It's a real pain in the ass. It really just scares the shit out of you when you, when you expect it. Sorry, I should have warned you. I should have warned you. Yeah, yeah. I was like, did Chad just play this thing into the, the podcast? I don't know. Is he that fired no, up? it wasn't me. But, <laughs> but yeah, so warning Viral to marketing. all listeners. Yeah, warning to all listeners. If you go to the Penn State site, it is going to blast a roar <laughs> extremely loudly, randomly. Uh, <laughs> uh, that was great. Uh, but uh, one one last thing on the roster here. Uh I always ask it on on these preview specials. Um, who who do you think is going to be the the top dog here on Penn State's team? Um, I don't know if there's a there's a clear cut guy considering you know how many guys are you know new faces again. Uh, but if you had to put your money on on a guy to be the the quote unquote top player on the team, uh, who would you pick for Penn State this year? Who? Um... I, I guess the safe choice is Shep Garner just because he's the, he's the most experienced returning player. He started uh, almost every game in his career. Um, and he's, aside from a, a pretty bad six-game stretch last year, he was damn near 40% on the year from three uh, in Big Ten play. So uh, he's the easy choice. Um, I, I mean, Carr, is, Carr is, is, has a reputation that he could, you know, he's a top 50 recruit. Uh, I could easily see him just taking the reins from day one and being the the, the playmaker for this team and, and averaging, you know, close, you know, five, six assists a game and, and running the team. Um, but I, I will say Shep Garner, because I think, I think this is the year he, you know, with, with Carr in the fold, he'll be able to move off the ball and spot up for jumpers more and, and do what he does best, which is shoot. So um, I, I would, I'll say Shep Garner as my final yeah. answer. <laughs> Definitely a, uh, a reasonable selection. Um, I tend to agree, you know, it's, it's hard just, you know, from looking at the rankings, from, you know, the, the player evaluations and from what we know uh, is coming back on the roster. It's hard to go with anyone except Carr or Gardner. Um, you know, Gardner, he, he's been good. You know, he's been really good. Uh, but, you know, sometimes he lacks that little extra bump, uh, you know, if if he's going to be that, you know, star player on the team. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to go with Carr just out of uh, – I don't know hmm. the bold, the bold, the hot selection here. Uh, but um, no, I'm, I'm going to go with totally Carr. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, Garner kind of is what he is at this point, right? He's a he's a, a shooter, spot up shooter. Um, can play some point guard, in, you know, in the pinch. Um, he was he was fairly he did fairly well in pick and roll situations last year, and and a lot of teams do play that at two point guard setup. But you know, his his ceiling is pretty limited. He's not a great uh, outstanding athlete, um, but I think he's he's a smart player. Um, and he can, I think this year you'll see him be able to hit the hit the three point letter three point ball with a little more consistency. So, um, but yeah, I mean, Carr in the long run, I think this is his his program really for four years. If, if he plans to be here four years, it's his program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I like his game a lot. Um, I will say, I, I think those two are going to be really good in the backcourt, and I, I think this figures to be one of the stronger backcourts uh, in the Big Ten period. Uh, but but moving back into sort of projecting here uh, coming into this season. Um, let's get to the, the exciting part, the part everybody cares about uh, season predictions. Um, I'm, I'm sure you're, you've been thinking about this a little bit. You mentioned some postseason stuff. Um, 
How do you see this team finishing? Uh, where do you see them competing in the Big Ten? Uh, do they score any, you know, big upsets or anything? Uh, and do they make a postseason tournament? Um, what, are you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think they have, they have a, a fairly favorable schedule to start Big Ten play uh, with Northwestern at home, then the dreaded at Rutgers game, uh, Michigan State at the Palestra, uh, and at Michigan, at Michigan, sandwich between Rutgers and Michigan State, and then home versus Minnesota and Indiana. Um, so I could see them starting possibly three and two. That'd be, I think, best case scenario. Um, the Big Ten. Um, yeah, and they'll, they'll take some games they shouldn't. You know, they they have the talent. It's just, and they're, they're going to lose some games they shouldn't too. I think um, it's just the nature of a young team like that. So. Um, as far as a, uh, a postseason, um, I think the way that, the way they scheduled, um, the way they can they've kind of manipulated the RPI uh, with some road games and neutral site games with George Washington away and Pitt and St. John's on a neutral or or a semi home court for each team. Um, they'll have the resume I think to get in with with a fairly mediocre record, um, saying you know a um, uh, you know, 17 and 14 record, they might be on the fringe of the NIT. So I think, I think with a little luck, um, they'll they'll push for a, a bubble spot in the NIT. Yeah, yeah, I I, I think I have them. Uh, let's see, on my last set of power rankings, I had them 11th in the Big Ten, uh, directly behind Northwestern and Illinois, um, and above Minnesota, Nebraska, Rutgers. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I just, you know, with this much youth and this, you know, many young players at key spots and, you know, we've talked about the front court. It's definitely it's a concern. There's talent there. You know, there are guys like Watkins you could see coming in and making an impact, but I, I just got to think this team's going to struggle with consistency. I think, you know, game mm-hmm. in game out, it's going to be tough. Um, and as much as I think, the Big Ten, you know, I talked about this with the Rutgers one uh, preview, but as much as I think the Big Ten is going to regress this year overall, um, I don't think the bottom and, and lower bottom teams are going to regress this year. I think most of that regression is going to be at the top. Um, so, I mean, you know, in, in one sense, that might make it easier to pull off a big upset. But on the other hand, you know, I think those average games, you know, you're not going to have a you know, mm-hmm. basically winless Minnesota and Rutgers teams to pick on uh, this year. Well, maybe Rutgers, least, uh, but, yeah. well, okay. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> Rutgers, but not Minnesota. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, so, I mean, I, I think it could be harder to win on a nightly basis in the big 10 this year, despite not having any of those, you know, you know, last year's Michigan state team or uh, any behemoths like that. Uh, if that makes sense. So, I mean, I, I think this, team is going to make some noise. I, I think ultimately they're, they're a little bit short of the legitimate NIT bubble. I think they'll be in that range coming into March. Uh, but I think ultimately they will be a, a little bit out of uh, the NIT and a little bit out of the, the legit NIT discussion, I guess. But uh, I, I do think you'll see a lot of progress. I, as I mentioned, I think Carr is going to be a great player for the team. And uh, I think they're going to make some noise. Um, so am I, am I off track here or uh, <laughs> any, anything no, you disagree no, that's, with? 
that's perfectly reasonable opinion to have because um, we just nope we don't know. There's so many unknowns mm-hmm. on the roster. It, it's hard to to really project for sure what's going to happen because you you just don't know. Um, but the, but the talent is there. You know, like you said, the Big Ten is more condensed this year. There's more concentration in the middle. I think. And like you said, you know, every program I think except with maybe the exception of Rutgers and Nebraska, and even Rutgers would probably be a little more improved, but um, I still don't think they're quite the level of every other team in the Big Ten yet. Um, yeah. You know, Minnesota's going to be competitive. Illinois is going to be um, hungry, at least, and they'll be, they have more talent than a lot of the teams they'll be fighting with. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's just a more, the, the talent is really more concentrated, and, North, you know, Northwestern's going to be uh, pushing for a, 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 at least an IT bid, I think. Um, mm-hmm. It's gonna be tough with their schedule too, but don't don't try to, you know, they'll be similar to last year at the very worst, I think. So, yeah, it's it's tough to see. You know, a lot of some I think some publications like Athlon had Penn State eight in the Big Ten this year, which is I think is a little too hasty on 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 them being that high this early. Uh, in, mm-hmm. You know, because this this team is gonna be together for two years, barring transfer. And they add Satchel Pierce, the transfer from Virginia Tech next year, who at the very worst will add depth. So, you know, I, I think, yeah, I think you're about right. And that in the, the NIT bubble range is probably where, where they'll end up. Um, mm-hmm. And they'll have, they'll have some expectations going into next season, which, you know, yeah, I, it, it's a Penn State when you keep saying, oh, next year is the year, next year is the year. But <laughs> really, next year is the year, I think, uh, because they are just, just a year of experience and, and gelling and getting to know each other away from really trying to compete for that NCAA tournament berth that is – so elusive in state college. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, you know, my I I try to have a theme with each one of my previews uh, for each team, and my one with Penn State is uh, Penn State, is, excuse me, is uh, is hope. You know, I, I think hope is back mm-hmm. uh, for the Nittany Lions, and I think it's real. You know, I I don't think it's the old. Uh, well, we'll see how they do. You know, maybe this guy will be significantly better than what we saw last time, and you know, sort of this recurring, you know. Uh, I don't know what you want to call it, routine of, well, I don't know, maybe they'll be okay. <laughs> and then, you know, really underwhelming play, and then, well, maybe they'll be okay. But uh, I, I think it's tangible this time. I, I think they're really heading somewhere. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm excited to, to see what they can do. Uh, but with that, uh, that's, all, that's all I have for you tonight, Chad. Um, any final thoughts here on Penn State, the Big Ten, or, or anything else here as we head into the 2016-17 season? Yeah, can I make a, a hot prediction here? Oh, please do. I think this is the year that uh, Penn State beats Maryland in basketball. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> that, uh, and it's going to be so sweet. <laughs> I've been waiting for that forever, and hopefully this year, but they'll get them very soon, I think. Yeah, that has been a uh, – that has been, you know, maybe I should have anticipated it, you know, when Maryland joined, but uh, there's a little fire. There's a little fire in that rivalry, I, I think. And there's definitely I, the, the, fo- the football rivalry is it's mm-hmm. kind of opposite in basketball and football. You know, they're, they're Maryland's punching up in football trying to – I mean, they beat. I mean, obviously, they beat Penn State the, the first year. They're they're in the Big Ten at, at you know on Penn State's field with handshake gate. Um, you know, they're they're punching up, and, and you know, Penn State basketball is trying to do the same thing to them. So, um, I, you know, I obviously I'm sure you saw the uh, the editorial this this past week before the pit game about 
They're not our no. rival. Tip's not our rival. But no, no, I want as many rivals as possible, with the exception of Rutgers. <laughs> but everybody else, yeah, if you want to be Penn State's rival, please, let's do this. Yeah, um, I will ask this, and I may sound dumb, but, you know, I would look up the schedule, but I don't want, you know, a random lion roaring in my ear. Uh, so, <laughs> do they? Do you know, is that a home-and-home, home, or is that uh, just at home for Penn State? Or it's Yeah, it's it's only at Penn State this year. They were at Maryland uh, last year for the only game. Interesting. Now the time, yeah. Every game has been very close so far, mm-hmm. so I think this is the year they finally get them. Yeah, yeah, that that would be interesting, and you know that would add a lot of spark to what I, I think everybody who's watched it thinks is a is a budding rivalry here in the Big Ten. So that'll be uh that'll be a lot of fun. But uh, but with that, Chad, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate your time, and uh, have a good one. You too, Thomas. This was great. Thanks. <laughs> thanks a lot. Um, as a reminder to everyone, that was uh, Chad. He writes for Roar Lions Roar, which is a new Penn State site. A lot of great stuff. Um, there's been a couple of Big Ten, new Big Ten sites across the interwebs here. Uh, but Chad does a lot of great stuff. As I mentioned, he's a, a former BT powerhouse alum. So check out his stuff. Check him out on Twitter. I'm trying to look up his handle here. Um, it is Chad underscore RLR. Um, and he has an awesome Chappelle show, Chad picture. So definitely check them out. Um, as always, I'm Thomas Bendit. You can follow me on Twitter at tbendit. We'll see you next time. I, I think we're actually going to be going here shortly uh, with our Illinois season preview. So if you're interested in the Illini, check it out. Um, and with that, have a good one, and we will see you next time.